It's the biblical equivalent of an Achilles heel. When a leader has a flaw that makes him vulnerable, he is said to have feet of clay. The phrase originates in the book of Daniel, which, like Ezekiel, is set in the Babylonian captivity. Daniel, along with others, is carried away to Babylon and then handpicked to serve in their civil service. Just like Joseph, Daniel rises through the ranks of this foreign land through the wisdom of the Spirit. And like Joseph, he gains prominence through the interpretation of a dream. Here is the dream in Daniel chapter 2. It's had by Babylon's king, Nebuchadnezzar, and it concerns a giant statue that is destroyed by a rock. Verse 32 of Daniel chapter 2. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, O king, says Daniel, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. So here is... Uh, this, this dream about uh, a statue with four different types of materials. And then it says this about the four different kinds of materials. Verse 35, Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time, and they became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. So Daniel gives this interpretation. The various body parts are kingdoms. The head of gold is Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom of Babylon. Following his empire will come three more kingdoms. The fourth won't so much have feet of clay. The fourth kingdom is represented by feet of clay mixed with iron. And so this fourth kingdom is represented by iron and clay. And that tells us that this kingdom will be strong but brittle. And its demise will come at the hands of this fifth element, a rock, which seemed small and inconsequential compared to such towering kingdoms. Yet as the rock strikes a blow at this fourth kingdom, it fells it and takes over the whole world. So what is the meaning of all this? Well, we have seen kingdoms come and go. The Babylonians give way to the Medes and Persians. They give way to the Greeks. They give way to the Romans, this fourth empire. But then, in the words of Galatians 4 verse 4, when the time had fully come, God sent his son into the world. He is the rock. He grew up in the days of this fourth kingdom, the kingdom of iron and clay, the Romans. And he appeared to have no chance whatsoever. He seemed so inconsequential and he was crushed underfoot by the Romans. And yet, with just a couple, within just a couple of centuries, the empire that crucified him confessed him as Lord. Today, his kingdom continues to fill the earth. There are more members of Christ's kingdom today than at any other time in history. And tomorrow will break that record again. And tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, the record will keep on being broken. This kingdom really is filling the earth. So look at the mightiest empires of today. The United States, the EU, China. Think of the corporations. Think of the mighty media moguls. Is that, where, is that where power really lies? You see, these powers, so-called, these kingdoms, they don't just have feet of clay. They are feet of clay. There is only one power who holds global and eternal significance. 
His name is Jesus Christ. And in the words of Daniel chapter 7, verse 14, His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed.